Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you've finally uh, taken your coat off then. <laughs> I've been here a while, haven't I? About an hour and I find... It wasn't that I was cold. I just had... I couldn't... It's only can't be bothered. Just couldn't be bothered to take it off. Do you want me to plug in a fan heater for no, you? No, I'm not... Honestly, I'm not, it's a very light jacket. I'm not cold. It was just the effort. It's a parker coat. No, I know, but it's very thin and light. Look. Very thin. I, I barely knew I was wearing it. A thin parker coat. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm quite scared of plugging those fan heaters in. People say oh, you'll end up with an electricity bill the size of the national debt if you plug one of those things go in. Go bankrupt, I know. Yeah. Um, my dad has one of those smart meters. Oh, yes. And he's hidden the toaster. He, because he, he now knows how much it costs to use the toaster. No. So he's hidden it. So. <laughs> what does he do, like, do it under a grill like it's yes, 1980 Yes, again, exactly right. what he does. Uh, anyway, um, hello. Hello. Going to start with a, a story which I think illustrates the base level of anxiety with which we live in our house. Okay. So last Friday morning, like every Friday morning, I was up early. I have to take my son for his appointment that I've mentioned, then take him to school. And then when I get back, Sarah has a lion on a Friday morning. She's usually in action by the time I get home. As it happened when I got back last Friday, she wasn't up. And she'd been out late the night before. She'd been out of town doing a gig somewhere. So I just thought, oh, she's having a lie-in. Now, I then had to leave almost immediately to, uh, to, to go back out and do a job at the British Library. I'll point out that I, not as a librarian. Right, that's what we're all wondering. I think I sort of look the part, hmm. but I, I, I lack the literary knowledge, okay. I think. Okay. How's your shushing? I think that's offensive. Why is that offensive? I don't think librarians like to be thought of as shushers. <laughs> I think that's an outdated uh, an outdated view of librarians, and I think they take offence at it. Let me tell you, the last time I went to the library, I was shush, so I, t- I think you're very wrong about that. What were you doing? I was with my child, who's being a bit noisy, so yeah. And your, your kid was... I think I've mentioned this before. You know, there are some jobs where you think, don't, you don't like children? Don't do that job. <laughs> librarian is what the people at our local library mm. and the, their desk is right next to the children's se- section. I struggle to think of a, a collective group of people who dislike children more. Mm-mm. They seem to 
really and I, I get it you see them all day every day but no same here yeah, yeah. people who operate fairground rides usually seem to make, take no pleasure in children yeah parkies yep yep hate them <laughs> hate them despise them yeah so i don't feel bad about saying that shushing thing no there. especially as it happened to me recently <laughs> yeah do you feel like teachers? There used to be quite a, a sizable number of teachers who seemed to despise children, but that's it. That's changed a bit over the years. I think definitely that's one that's changed. Yeah. When I was at school, there were definitely teachers oh. who were in it because they hated children and wanted to make them suffer. <laughs> and I say that you don't know if they got into it for that reason in the first place, or if the job just did that to them. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, so I had to go to uh, the British Library to record a thing, and, and listeners may recall, uh, I think four or five years ago. Do you remember I, I went there? No. I went to do. I went to record a piece uh, for radio, which is what I was doing this time, and um, I was very gassy, and I had a strong need to go and release some flatus. Mm. So. I'm in this quiet room full of what they call the treasures. And it's it's so, you know, it's painful. The, the need to get it out is painful. And I just notice this little side room. So I go into it and just out it comes. I mean, it, it's it's uh, an airborne toxic event, as they, they say. It, mm. They should really have had to hermetically seal off this little room afterwards. So then I finish and it's almost like my eyes are streaming. It was It was such a such an event right and i noticed i've come into the room where they keep magna carta <laughs> so that's what you've so done it. like I'd just got into a little room to fart in front of magna I carta hate that magna carta <laughs> it was and then there's only one way because it, it was it used to be i don't think it is now but it used to be in this room off to one side so then as i uh as i went to come out of course some other people were walking in in my mind it was a group of japanese tourists but i'm not sure if i've invented that because it seems funnier. And then I've been thinking, does that make me a bit racist? Is the idea of it being a group of Japanese tourists only funnier because there's some kind of racist undertone to it? Possibly. So I need to do some self-examination there. Okay. But anyway. Back to the library. Back to the library. So so I had to go out and do this thing. And um, Sarah was asleep, you know, having a lie-in. And I didn't want to text her to let her know because I thought the beep of the text would wake her up. Okay. So I wrote an enormous note on what's twice as big as A4? Uh, A3. A3, yeah. It's confusing, isn't it, that? I know. I went yeah. to say A5, but that yeah. made it look silly. Yeah. should be A8, really. It should be A8. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I go to, go to write, uh, I write this big note in marker pen, and I even say, look, I'm going to be at the British Library. Why don't you come and meet me? We can go and have some lunch and draw a little picture of her phone saying, beep, beep, and like send me a text message. I catch the bus. I go off and do this thing. It's, uh, it's absolutely fine. Start to finish from walking out my front door to finishing this thing. It takes me about, I'd say, an hour and a quarter. I look at my phone I've got 16 missed calls and eight text messages from her. Oh, no. And what what has happened is she's woken up. She hasn't realised that I was going anywhere this that, that morning. And she, she's gone into a panic. She thinks I'm dead. 
thought I'd just like spontaneously combusted into thin air. Like, dead. <laughs> so, so like, despite the fact that I'd left it, you know, the end of my kitchen table. So if you walk into yes, the kitchen, yes. if, if there was a note there on the table, yes. it's the first thing you'd say. Yes. But she's so unaccustomed to me leaving a note. Right, right. That didn't even occur to her that this big thing that says Sarah underlined three times with right. an exclamation, exclamation mark um, <laughs> next to it. Is for her. Right. So she just goes into the spiral. She thinks that so so as I as I see this and then I call her back, she is on her way to my son's school to see if I dropped him off no, that morning. No. Because she's trying to work out if we both died in an accident or whether just I'm in an accident. That bad? Yeah. Wow. Like she's phoned like 19 friends, gone on this spiral. She's been hysterical. She has, uh, I said to her, if you turned up at the school asking, was my husband here this morning? They they think that you suspect me of having an affair. Yeah, undoubtedly, yeah. And you're having some kind of break from reality. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that de-escalated very quickly. But right. that's just to give you an idea of the, the base level of anxiety <laughs> in our house. Wow. Anyway, so, th- so then she comes and meets me at the British Library and I wait for her in the coffee shop there. And I think we can have um, a coffee and then we can wander around to a restaurant around the corner and get, and get some lunch, which is what we do. She arrives, she gets a cup of tea and a paper, uh, takeaway cup. We sit down and then I say, and she said, oh, I've, I've never been in the uh, British Library before. It's amazing in here, isn't it? I said, it is. I said, do you, want, do you want to go and see Magna Carta? And she looks at her takeaway cup and it's still got, I would say about a quarter of it still has coffee in. And she says, I've still got coffee in my cup and they probably won't let me in with it. I said, well, you could, you could always finish your coffee. You could just leave that. I mean, it's only a quarter of a cup. You've had most of it. She said, well, I don't, don't really want to throw it away and then no I'll just I'll just t- t- we'll just I'll just say it another time do you not think that's weird <laughs> this great historical document yeah as well as all the other stuff that's in the, like, the thing, mm. I think there's something in Shakespeare's handwriting there's all this stuff but because she's got a quarter of a cup of coffee yeah. left She'd she'd rather not look at it. She's thinking it'll be there next time. Yeah, but my point is she's lived in London like ten years or whatever it's been. Yeah. She first came to London as a child. She's never bothered going into that British library. Right. So there probably won't be a next time. No. No, this is her only chance. I mean my real motivation was I wanted to show her the room that I farted in. <laughs> we hear from the drifters yes this is from mark it's another tale from the englishman in australia who we've heard from a couple of times before yes both times i think involving urinating once when his son was urinating to a swimming pool once when he was urinating in the dark up against the wall of his staff toilet are we in for a hat trick (laughs) there's no urine involved this time Uh there is though a profanity great an f profanity which i will replace with the word f rather than use the full word. Okay, so then I don't have to put on those explicit marks on the podcast episode. And I don't have to look potty mouth. Yes. Okay, he writes, I am a pasty Anglo-Saxon who burns in seconds in direct sunlight. So living under the hole in the ozone layer means I spend my life hiding in the shadows to avoid the sun in summer. Oh, the hole in the ozone layer. (laughs) I'm feeling this nice retro mention. Very nostalgic thinking about that. Yeah, not heard from that for a while, have we? No. Is that where it is? Um, in Australia, yeah. I sort of thought it was everywhere, but I did. Yeah. But I bet it was um, Shane and Henry and neighbours and all the hairspray that they used. To use. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. Even like Kylie back. I mean, all of them really. They all were a lot of hairspray. Yeah. yeah. 
Maybe it'll start closing up now. Neighbours has finished. Oh, maybe, yes. That yeah. could be a good thing. There are late afternoons in late summer when the sun is so intense that even standing in front of my children's school to collect them makes me feel like a vampire about to burst into flames as the rays touch my skin. It's not helped by the fact I insist on wearing a proper shirt and long trousers to work, as the day I thought I would go with the locals and try wearing shorts to my job as a teacher is an adrift story in and of itself. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. My pale complexion and the searing sun mean that I am a little anxious about skin cancer, and as I have an unusually high number of moles to begin with, it's an additional whispering voice burrowing into my head, trickling anxieties as I try to sleep. Last summer, I noticed a mole on my shoulder had changed colour and grown, so I put myself into a local skin clinic for a checkup. I hadn't used them before, but they were highly recommended, and as a big clinic, they were more likely to have an appointment time in the coming weeks. I requested a mole mapping, but was told that the waiting list was long, but they'd fit me in for a quick check that week, looking only at the mole causing me concern. However, the receptionist said I would put on a waiting list for a full review, and they would book one if they had a cancellation. On the day of the appointment, I left work in plenty of time so as to get a decent parking spot near to the clinic. I'd come straight from work on a burning hot day, so I was worried as I arrived because I was a bit sweaty before the appointment and would soon have to get my man boobs out as the doctor could check, so the doctor could check my shoulder as I was wearing the aforementioned shirt that would need to be unbuttoned to grant access to the mole. Sweat had pulled at my lower back and the fabric was clinging to me. Entering the clinic, I was accosted for not wearing a mask and from there the combination of a hastily applied upside down face mask, a cockney accent and acute social awkwardness that makes me garble my words made the check-in a typically excruciating experience for all involved. I repeated my name several times in increasing volume and was even hotter and more flustered by this point. A nurse eventually collected me and walked me through to the examination room where she asked me to strip for my mole check. I was really happy as I had wanted the full mapping to allay my fears. I double checked with the nurse to be sure, asking, do I need to strip completely? She smiled and reassured me that I could re retain my jocks, Aussie for boxer shorts, and my face mask. She left the room and I began to peel off my work shirt and trousers to reel the f reveal the full magnificence of my ashen, moly dad bod <laughs> ready for my inspection. I was disappointed to see that I was not wearing this Christmas gift boxes, but a bobbly pair from circa 2015 that sagged in all the wrong places. What's more, they had clearly absorbed some of the sweat and gave off a care home resident sort of vibe. <laughs> Now in my underwear, I had retained my black socks as I didn't see how they checked moles on my feet. I started to worry about how I should sit. There was a cushioned examination table that was presumably going to be used for the mole inspection and a plastic chair to choose from. I sat on the chair first and tried various options. Legs crossed led to some <laughs> popping out concerns. Legs apart felt a little Sharon Stone. At this point, I heard the nurse call in. Are you ready? When you're stripped, lay down on the couch. I tried to reply, but took too long trying to think of a response and felt the moment had passed. <laughs> I stood up and felt the tug of the plastic seat on the back of my sweaty legs. I went to the couch and started the same internal thought process. <laughs> sit up or lay down, on my side or on my back. I chose to sit, but the nurse or doctor didn't come in. Nothing happened. I sat there for t five minutes, ten minutes, nothing the room was hot and I was starting to feel dopey. My back was hurting from perching on the edge of the table, so I thought I would lay back and keep an ear out for their return. Time ticked on and with the heat and the quiet, 
I must have started to drift off as I stopped feeling awkward and definitely stopped listening out for the doctor's entrance. I was suddenly awoken from my stupor by a deep and booming Australian accent from the outside room. OK, Mark, it's a quick mould check, isn't it? I had somehow got into the fetal position and quickly turned over. I was beginning to push myself up into a respectable position, but as the doctor entered the room, I was in a half crouch with my bottom pushed up and out like I was presenting myself to him. The combination of my porno pose, black socks pulled up to my knees and the face mask still on gave me a look of a fat bloke doing an impression of a stereotypical Middle Eastern belly dancer from a 1960s Bond film. Our eyes met and I managed to say, hello, doctor. This just made it worse. Without missing a beat, and in typically bombastic Aussie style, he replied, F me, mate, you're keen, aren't you? <laughs> he went on to explain that I was only there for a quick check, so I didn't need to strip. I tried to explain what had happened and that I'd just been following orders. He hooted with laughter as he realised the error, as the last two appointments had been a couple who had entered together, so I'd wrongly been treated as the husband who was booked in for a full mole inspection. The doctor was tickled by the situation and insisted that I get a full mole check now that I'd gone to the trouble of stripping (laughs) and he even made me take off my socks. However, he was clearly enjoying the situation and told me during the appointment that he was looking forward to telling his friends about this at golf. And while photographing my moles, made comments like, yeah, work it, baby. (laughs) While continuing to laugh to himself. (laughs) He didn't charge for the additional service. So I felt the excruciating embarrassment was worth the $300 saving. It appears that dignity does have a price and mine is very low. I recently got a text telling me it was time for my follow-up appointment. I haven't booked. Oh, that was fantastic. Wasn't it? Um, Really good. I mean, I I think that perhaps opens up a new avenue for us, doesn't it? Uh, um, Drifters in drifters at medical appointments. Oh, well, surely that's got has some good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So please send us uh, your story uh, of, of that, or you know, general social ineptitude, as we always say. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Campbell. Yes. Funny how you always answer to that name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's time for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. And as promised, date night. (laughs) So a few weeks ago, my boyfriend Tom and I went on a date for the first time in four and a half years, which is bad. Like I think married couples probably dated more regularly during the first two world wars. (laughs) And the only reason it actually happened was because Tom's brother and girlfriend offered to come and babysit for us, which I first thought, oh, that's a lovely gesture. And then I thought that they were worried about our relationship. And then I realised <laughs> that they were coming to London and needed somewhere to stay for the night, but didn't want to hang out with us. So it was the perfect solution Amazing. for them. Amazing. Yeah. So I left it up to Tom to choose what we did on date night. And I think he chose well because we did restaurant, then cinema, which works for me because I like to eat early, but I don't want to talk all night. So for me, that's perfect. Mm. The film we saw, Death on the Nile, the new Kenneth Branagh Poirot remake. Excellent. That's my Mm. review. 
But I've not been to the cinema since March 2020. It's a long time, two years. And honestly, were they always this cold and uncomfortable? Oh, my God. I've realised if I'm watching a film now, I can't be in underwear. Like, my bra and knickers have to both be off. I have to be in pyjamas or very comfy clothes. <laughs> I felt I was extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> but the restaurant. So the restaurant we went to is a local Italian one. Oh. And I've mentioned it before on the podcast as when it opened about five years ago, I had a terrible run in with a waitress when I strolled in to get a coffee on a Saturday morning and she shouted at me that they weren't open. And I went meekly back to the car, but then Tom egged me on and I went back in and I complained. <laughs> and then I could never go and eat there because she was spitting my food. <laughs> but I've been checking regularly ever since then. And she's definitely 100%. She's definitely left now. And the waiter who greeted us was very friendly and he took us to our table and he was asking if it was a special occasion. And I think in this situation, I'm quite perfunctory. I answer the questions, that's it. But, you know, Tom likes a chat. And I'm personally of the opinion that if you keep the waiting staff talking so long that they have to get a chair and sit down, that you've kept them talking too long. Would wow. you agree? Yes. But some people just have that. My friend Alex Cossack, who was here last week, yeah. he really pals up to anybody, like any uh, anybody work, working in a restaurant. And and if it's me, I could feel myself grating on them all, feel like they just think, <coughs> I've, I've got other people to serve here, mate. Yes. Whereas... There's something about Alex, and I'm imagining your lover Tom yes. has this quality yes, yes. where the the charisma is just doing a lot of the work. You could call it that. Tom has a lot of charisma, Annabelle. <laughs> well, I couldn't help noticing that when it came to bringing the food, another man did it. Oh. And, when I, and when I say man, it was more like a boy, like he'd paid a kid off the street a pound a service because he didn't want to get caught up in another conversation. Oh, okay, so maybe he hasn't got as much charisma as my friend Alex. I know. And part of the ordering was the wine. And Tom asked a question which I hate. He said, well, what do you recommend? And I hate this because either they're very knowledgeable about wines and they reckon, recommend something hideously expensive, which I can't afford, and then I feel bad about declining the recommendation in favour of the house white, or they know nothing about wine and they just look a bit like and you look like a wine snob like I, I hate that question the other bad thing was that when we first arrived the waiter asked if we'd been before because <laughs> otherwise he needs to explain the menu because it's mostly sharing plates and we hadn't been there before I mean, apart from the time when I walked in for that coffee thing we hadn't been there before although I had recently been with friends to their sister restaurant a few miles away so I did know the sharing plate situation but it felt easier just to say no we haven't and let him explain it was just easier and did they recommend three to four dishes per person? <laughs> there wasn't that many but yeah but hey, hang on if it's less than that mm. it's just a regular restaurant well, Think it, about it. So either yeah. it's a restaurant where you have a starter and a maid, yeah. that's two plates, or it's a sharing plates where it's three or more plates. Well, it can't be less than three and it'd be sharing plates. Okay. Well, it was, he was saying two starters, two mains. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. And that is just like ordering normally but sharing yeah. food. You're right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about this that. Is, this is what annoys me. I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what he was trying to explain. Yeah. <laughs> So it was fine. Like I let him explain because it was easier than having to, I couldn't be bothered. And it was all fine until it came to ordering. And I'd said to Tom beforehand that we should definitely get the courgette fries because I'd had them in the other restaurant. So we ordered them and Tom said to the waiter, oh, she'd love them when we'd had them before. And he looked confused and it looked like I'd lied, which I had. (laughs) And why would I lie? And I had to explain about the sister restaurant and he looked a bit hurt. (laughs) Probably another reason why he paid that boy to serve us. But the food was good, although one of the dishes we ordered was a whole cauliflower. And I'd like to know when it became acceptable to expect someone to eat a whole cauliflower. I want to say to chefs, you can cut it in half, you know, like then maybe I'll yeah. finish it. I think it's, I think it's like around 2014. 
It's no, too maybe much. after uh, it's too 2015, much. maybe. Yeah. It's too much. No one can eat that much cauliflower. Can. You can. Yeah. Because I can't finish it. And then it puts me in that terrible position when they come to take it away and you feel like you have to say something. Like, is there any alternative to, it was lovely, I'm just too full up? Oh, my eyes bigger than my belly. Oh, my, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh. But in terms of the day, it was all great until we left. And Tom said there'd been a celebrity on the table next to us that I hadn't noticed. What? And not only had he not informed me at the time so I could just gawp instead of talk to him, but he didn't know exactly who they were, just knew they were famous. So we won't be going on another date for another four and a half years now. <laughs> Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, not to be competitive, mm-hmm. but after Sarah and I left the British Library, the, we, we then went for lunch. I, I'm not thinking of it as a date, though. Well, it is a date. It's two of you, no, no child, as a date. I suppose, I suppose. There, was no, there, was, there wasn't a date-like quality to it. We went to um, one of these restaurants where you have a little slip and pencils on the table... And then you tick what you want off the menu. Oh, I've never had come across that ever. Really? Is that is that in fashion? Now? I've, I've seen it in a couple of places. I find it very. Uh, I, I don't like it. It makes it, it makes me uh, tense because so the the menu items are all on this thing like a grid, and then there's boxes next to them, and some of them are like little sidey things that you might order one, more than one of. So, for example. There were these bow. Do you know what I mean by bow? Mm-hmm. Steamed buns. And Sarah and I both wanted one. So then what do I do? Do I put two ticks? Do I do a tally? Because if I do a tally, it might they might mistake it for 11. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then if I write two, I then start worrying that my two looks like a one and then I'm going over it too many times with my pencil and then it, I make it look weird. I'm thinking that these slips, they prevent people from making too many adjustments to a meal. Maybe that's what it is. I reckon, yes. Yeah. So could you is. do it without the and with the, all yeah. that kind of stuff going on? I, anyway, I don't I don't like these slips. It's another one of these trends. Okay. Like you feel about the whole cauliflower or mm. like I used to feel about no reservations restaurants. Yeah. Used to. No, what I mean is, I, I read an article about this the other day. Yeah. Not saying that every cloud has a silver lining because obviously the pandemic's been terrible, yeah. but it's really died off a lot as a trend in a lot of the places that you used to not be able to book, okay. you now can book. Okay. I know that's true of my barber as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway, the, the other thing about this restaurant that I, I thought I'd mention is, and it's why I'll never go back there again, mm-hmm. the toilets... I mean, a bad feeling for me, just before I tell you, like a bad feeling for me is, is when I go to a new place 
and then I'll just go to the toilet. And then you walk through uh, a little doorway into a hallway, and then you realise the stairs going down. You've got to go downstairs to the toilet or upstairs. Mm. I don't like the toilets being on a different level. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, effort. So sometimes I like sneak into the. No, say, but I do. Oh, oh, right, I thought you were going to say the ladies. No, no, I didn't. No. So they're sneaking to the disabled. If, uh, if you know, yeah, I, do, I, I, I get the lay of the land first. Mm-mm. I mean, you never know, but I, I haven't come a cropper with it yet. I haven't opened okay. the door mm-hmm. and had somebody waiting. Okay, which is the, that's the situation you dread. Mm. But I know I'm playing with fire. But anyway, the to- toilets in this place were up some stairs on a different level uh, to the dining level, and and the 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 trouble with it was it was like an open staircase like a sweeping staircase mm. back down from the toilet into the restaurant. Mm. And what I've decided I really dislike is any restaurant with a staircase that makes me feel like a debutante. <laughs> <laughs> like On somebody at the bottom of the stairs is going to announce me as I walk oh. in. It's really, it's like the golden age of Hollywood or something. And you can't get into a part and no. do a bit of imagining. Yeah, no. like all eyes are on you as you come down this staircase. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, to, I don't want to be on display. <laughs> When I return from the toilet. Your dirty little secret. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then after that, we went into, Sarah's doing some clothes shopping and she went and tried a few things on. And while she was doing so, um, it was a clothes shop that also has a small number of homewares and novelty knickknacks in it. Sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you know which one I'm talking about? Um, Can you have a guess? I don't know why I'm... Can I say what I think it yeah. is? Is it Urban Outfitters? Yes. Oh, yeah. I got it right. Yeah. Okay. Tell you something. She's like... a bit old for Urban Outfitters, no offence. Well, I did. I, 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 I haven't been there for a long time. Maybe no, 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 maybe no, 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 you're right. You are I, right. Am I right? You're right, okay. you're right. But I wouldn't say that to her. No, I've said it Obviously. Now. Oh, no. But what I did say is I'm too old to be in here. Oh. It looks creepy, me being in here. Yeah, it's full of teenagers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, there's a, there's a she goes off and tries some things on and there's a table with like rinky-dinky little novelty books mm. on it. And I see this one um, about anxiety. Mm. And, you know, it's all, there's a lot of dumb platitudes in it. Like um, last week, I was talking about tweets that say things like, just take a second to remember how awesome you are. <laughs> I feel quite bad. Why? Because the person whose tweets I would often see that read like that seems to have now deleted their bank uh, their Twitter account. No. And I don't think it'd be because of me. You know, no, that's quite extreme reaction. That would be very narcissistic. Yeah. Uh, but But I wonder if I've been part of the problem. Oh dear! And maybe like this person is curled up in a ball somewhere. Oh no! You need to just remember how awesome, awesome he is. <laughs> maybe they've realised they're not awesome, <laughs> like, like the rest of us. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. That's my point. No, none of us are awesome. No, really. we're fine. There's a few people. Not many though. Oh, not many. My that's friend what, that's Alex Cossack awesome. is one, but yeah. you know, not not many. Um. Anyway, so I'm reading this book and it's got things like. Uh, Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. Right. I think but there's, a, there's a truth to that, but it doesn't tell me how to stop worrying, though. No. I'd love to be able to think, oh, I'll stop that then. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't quite work like that, does it? Yeah. And um, another one says, instead of worrying about what you can control, shift your energy to what you can create. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, great. I'll just shift my energy then. Mm. So there's a lot missing. A lot. There's, yeah. there's an industry. Anyway, um, the, the reason I mention it is I, as I was flicking through it, I saw a page and it said on it, 
to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. And I think it's supposed to read as cautionary, mm. as in, uh, you know, why, what's, what's, is life worth living yeah. if you aren't bored of criticism? Whereas I, I read it and I thought, finally a page of this book that tells me how to do something. <laughs> I don't think it was supposed to be a maxim for living, but yes. I think that's what I'll be taking it as. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Annabelle. First who, is from... Who is the first one from? Lieutenant Colonel Colin. Lieutenant. Not Lieutenant. Oh, is it? Just... Since when? What, you, who are you? What, are you um, Annabelle Port from America? Oh, well, if you want me to... No, <laughs> no, those days ago. Fancy chin it. Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Is, right, is that right? That's an American... When I say Lieutenant, is that how they say it in America? Yes. Didn't know that. Okay. I don't mind Americanisms. No, of course not. You live so. with one. <laughs> not more. <laughs> no, mind those ones. <laughs> so, I'm thinking of when you're in one of those places where you're supposed to negotiate the price, buying a car or a carpet, or as I found out a few years ago, you're even supposed to barter in PC World. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Have you got, for example, a speech that we can practice until we can say it without crying, like? Nice carpet, mate, but you'll have to knock 25% off or I'm walking. Or do we just have to pay full price and think of it as a drift I've I definitely lean towards paying full price and thinking of it as a drift tax. But I think you can, I think that, I think I might have said before, is that your best price? Mm. I think that's as much as I can do in that situation. I did a thing today where I rang up my animal insurance company, pet insurance company, and they put up my premium and it was about to renew. So I thought, oh, I've heard you can ring up and say you're going to cancel and uh, and then they reduce it back to what it was. So I did that. They didn't and then they cancelled it and now I've got no pet insurance. Oh, no. <laughs> it went and horribly wrong. You've got no... I thought I was going to do some bartering. What about your no claims bonus? Oh, God, it's terrible. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, my bro- somebody so for professional dealings that's uh, in our line of work that's what you have an agent for right mm, mm. because it's just so uncomfortable Oof. but i think that's how it goes in real life a lot of the time somebody tells you how much money they're willing to pay you and then you're supposed to go back and say pay me more and then they've got a number in their head and you've got a number in your head and then somehow it ends up in the middle mm. but I've, i would feel far too uncomfortable doing that but whereas my brother for example that situation you've just described mm. there's no no way they would have cancelled it they would have done him some deal or something like, what, what, he's always he ringing up like um the phone providers and TV providers and all this stuff, and some there are people who aren't drifters can just do that, right? So there should be some. Here's an idea for a service. Mm. I mean, no one listening to this is going to be able to start it. Mm. It's like having an agent, uh, but for all those things. Yes, yes, to save you all that money, and they can take a, like a five percent commission yeah. or something. And they're, they're yes. still, you know, what they're costing you is still less than what they're saving you. I would hire that person. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to give them all your passwords and access to all your accounts. You'd have to be really trust them. I wouldn't trust my brother with that, for example. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Okay. So actually, we we've been un- unable to answer this apart from get someone else to do it for you or pay the drifter tax. Yeah. Or or I, I, as I say, I, I would if it was something like I can't uh, if I was in a Moroccan souk. Yes. Which I think is an environment where you're supposed to do it. Yeah. I'd say is that your best price? Right. But I, I wouldn't go any further. And than then, that. And then the, undoubtedly they'll go yes. And then what do you do? Okay. Then, then I'd pay the drifter tax. Right. 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 And then you wouldn't go come. But on. I think if 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 it's a situation where the game is afoot, hmm. then if you say is that your best? When I used to work in a shop in a music shop, hmm. we like we could always give. I can't remember how much it was. It was at least ten percent, maybe twenty percent off. Oh, really? But you had to wait for them to ask. Really? Yeah. So you either what you would either do is if seemed like somebody was almost going to buy something but but you you know they maybe weren't you could say look if you um for, f- you'd say for cash you'd say for cash right um I'll do you 10% off or I'll throw in a stand and a, uh, a power charger. Oh, wow. And if somebody ever said, is that your best price? Or you can, uh, you'd always like knock 10%. You were just waiting for somebody to say that. Oh, gosh. So maybe we should be doing this more. Yeah. I'm going to try it now. Everywhere I go, is that your best price? <laughs> Sainsbury's, Tesco's. Local shop. Yeah, everywhere. Is that your best price? I'm going to try it at Five Sapphires <laughs> on my paper bill. Well, it's opening up a whole new world. To yeah. Me. Okay, we sort of solved that, I yeah. think. Right, next one is from Anon. I work as a PA and in early 2020, my boss was leaving her position and generously gave me a gift of a theatre e-card. Once the theatres reopened in summer 2021, I booked a couple of shows and enjoyed seeing them over the autumn, still leaving about £90 on the gift card. As an aside, I'm still in occasional email contact with my past boss and she asked a couple of times last year if I'd used the card and what shows I'd seen. I came to use the rest of the card this January, but to my surprise, was told there was no balance yet left and that transaction was recently made using the remaining balance in the name of my past boss. I'm disappointed I was looking forward to using up the rest of the voucher, but don't feel there's any way I can face asking my past boss if she spent it, especially if she bought the voucher so long ago and was so generous in the first place. What would you advise? So... The only way you can ask that question mm. is you contact the past boss and say, I feel extremely uncomfortable asking this. The only reason I'm asking is I'm concerned about fraud and I'd hate to think that somebody had defrauded you. This happened. Ooh. If it was you, no problem. Completely understand. Oh, so embarrassing, though, because it was them, wasn't it? Right. Must have been. Yeah, I mean it's a bit weird that she. Yeah, but you want to embarrass them a little. I want you yeah. want to make them feel a bit uncomfortable, bit but weird. without embarrassing yourself. And if you make it about I'm a very concerned about the fraudsters. Uh, okay. You know you've got the moral high ground, mm-hmm. and then you can make them feel some shame for uh, taking back some of your present money. It's probably an accident. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Because there will come a stage. Oh, no, I think I think this is how it's going to resolve itself. There will come a stage when. The ex-boss will ask, oh, "What did what did you use the rest of the money on?" And then they'll say, "Oh, that's what say weird you should ask." Don't wait. No, you get you get a you get okay. A, okay. You don't be on a back foot here. Okay, just yeah. be in there. Yeah. All right, then fine. I'll... Anything to add? No, I bow to that. I don't know what shows they saw though. <laughs> it's such a guess. Um, Tina, the Tina Turner musical, and and they were going to go and see. Back to the Future, but the boss... Had seen... Had, oh, uh, went to see um, the... Uh, well, I was going to say the, um, the... the the 
production of Cabaret that's at the moment, but you just can't get tickets for that for love nor money. I'm in awe of your knowledge of West End shows. I I couldn't have named a single West End show. Mamma Mia, is that so? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Okay, I could name one as it turns out then. I'm desperate to see that Cabaret revival, but it's all sold out. Oh, so difficult, yeah. Mm. I've even tried working my contacts. Really? (laughs) My contacts don't reply anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner or if you have a story for us, email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took the photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And uh, I'll do one way to finish this week and it's with a, yeah, work it, baby. Podication time. This comes from Carl Graham, who says, good evening, Jeff and Annabelle. Good evening. Good evening. Long-time listener. Fourth time podication requester. The first request was completely ignored and then explained away with a very unconvincing, it must have been a technical glitch, explanation from Annabelle. In other words, had fallen off the bulldog clip. Don't make assumptions, Carl. (laughs) But uh, I I have to say, I I suspect your instincts are spot on. Mm. You very kindly then gave a couple of birthday publications to our children, Harry and Jack. They had been listening to you for a long time. Their consent was never secured, and so it's probably only fair. Well, those children are away now at university at opposite, wow, opposite ends of the country. Uh, and while friends and colleagues are suggesting that we are empty nesters, etc., and living, as Ricky Martin would say, la vida loca, we are in fact bereft. Let me ask you this question. How much time do you spend thinking about the day Rudy leaves home? Oh, I've had a conversation about this week. about I say, I say to him regularly, don't ever have to leave, you know, you can stay as long as you want. <laughs> I'm like preempting <laughs> the fact that he might want to leave one day by saying, it's not necessary, you can always you can go to university and just still live at home. Are you, uh, are you, I know, like, <laughs> sorry with Ronnie Corbett was your favourite sitcom. Is that what you're trying to recreate there? He's only four. No, it's, it's only because he mentioned it. He said, when when do I have to leave home? And I said, oh, you don't. Gene told Ever. me earlier on that he's going to live in the countryside with a pet blackbird and a brown Great Dane, and he's going to work in Parliament. But he's going to come into the city to work in Parliament to, um, to like, on behalf of birds. <laughs> the bird representative. Yeah. And he's oh, also going to be a teacher at a school where kids are allowed to do whatever they want. Oh, one of those schools. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, right. um, but living at home still no no he's living in the countryside I thought you were moving with him oh, no no right. okay. no. I'm allowed to go whenever I want but Sarah's oh. not allowed to go oh dear, <laughs> dear. Oh, um, yeah so uh, can't think about it no it's too painful it is far too painful mm. isn't it um, so this podication is for Paula Graham who is a bit lost while her children are away she is a flurry of activity around any home visit or catch-up call. She also spends way too much time on that Find My app. What 
what are the uh, what are the ethics of that? Do you think? Yes, I didn't really know about this. You can track someone. So like, can I put one on Tom's phone? I guess. I guess you could. But, but, but what do he know about it? I don't know. Mm. So we all say we all. I mean, me and Sarah have the same iTunes account. So she's constantly saying, "Can you do find my iPhone?" Because she leaves things. She leaves it around the house mm. and doesn't use her eyes and just wants me to like make it beep. Okay, that's what we use it for, mainly. But I don't use it for keeping tabs on her. Mm. But if I had kids, I definitely would. Mm. Kids who'd left home. Yeah, just yeah, just yeah. generally, yeah, right. Yeah, in the same way as I'd be reading their diaries. <laughs> Did I just say if I had kids? Yeah, I yeah, have got yeah. a kid. You I think know, you meant you mean kids with phones. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, our conversations now start with always in Tesco's. Must be sorting his lunch, oh, etc. Don't I can see myself doing that? Oh, I can too. Yeah. Sarah said before, like if you went to university, say in um, Helsinki or something, we'd just move to Helsinki and like be in a flat nearby. We'll just leave you to do your own thing, <laughs> but we won't be far away if you need us. <laughs> Um, at least a podication will go some way to giving us an anecdote to tell friends. All help and support gratefully received. And perhaps a quick reminder to Harry and Jack that emergency credit cards have been that have been gifted do not include coffee shops, beers or deliveroos. Other takeaway delivery companies are ava- available. Well, I think... Uh, if you want them to like you, <laughs> you need to turn a blind eye to that mm. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's heartbreaking. Isn't it? I know. It's making it's making us think too much about our children leaving home. Harry and Jack. Yeah. Other end of the country, living their lives. Mm. Not ringing home ever. <laughs> I'm stuck crying. This, I've told you this before. This is bleak. But so at the moment, like still, Jean's like nearly six and... If we're in the street, he's always holding my hand. And I think there's going to be this day where he just won't hold my hand anymore and that's going to be this little heartbreak. And from then on, it's the completely natural heartbreaks of separation until it gets to a stage when I'll just be in on a Sunday and I think, I wonder if he'll ring today. And then he doesn't. Oh, don't. He's probably busy. I'll maybe ring next week. No, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. It's too much. Yeah. That's too sad. Some That's... people like can't wait for their children to leave home, but I think they've probably had too many then. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got one. It's like <laughs> But maybe they've like prioritized also having a life. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Good point. Yeah. All right. Well, um it sounds like uh, Paula, you know, it's it's understandable. It's very, it, yeah. You know, you guys. There is a Vida loca out there to be lived. Yes, just got to get I'm used sure. to it. Yeah. yeah, or not, or not. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like a podication, email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast dot com. Oh dear. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.